We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Hey everybody, it's Steve with Sense of Fidelium coming at you on the 29th of March, 2020, Passion Sunday. And I know I did one yesterday, so you guys, what the heck, you know, back-to-back days? I was not expecting to do it. But since we're in quarantine, I had more time to do things, and you know, kids laying down, taking a nap, and I was watching uh, Give Her Mouse a Cookie on uh, uh, Amazon Prime, and we just got done getting some ice cream. You know, yeah, we defied the government by going to get ice cream. But I was reading a couple of things and watched a couple of interviews and decided, uh, hey, what the heck, let me turn this on just because I had something to say. And maybe we'll get other people to start, you know, thinking about it and maybe we'll get the, you know, bishops to start thinking about it in a different light as well. But let me premise this first by saying I'm not saying go disobey the bishops. Zero, not saying that at all. What they say, they they are the Pope of the diocese. What they say goes. Uh, but yeah, under, I mean, the sacraments, uh, and if, if your diocese, like I said before, uh, took away their faculties, then there's not much you can do about it in case, unless it's a case of death. So we have to, you know, play within the, the rules of the church in that we can't make up our own stuff or go our own ways. But we could pray that they get enlightened to... As Father says, you know, maybe give us, you know, spinal implants in a lot of them. Maybe, and even priests. Not all dioceses are like that. Not all priests are like that. Uh, for example, I'm just, uh, I saw this from First Things uh, today. It was written a couple of days ago by my, uh, Matthew Schmidt. It's entitled Church as a Non-Essential Service. And I, I shared it from their first, uh, from the uh, First uh, Things page and I wrote on I shared it on the Sense Fidelium uh, Facebook fan page and I just I tagged on top of it it says quote we need the church to step up in this situation as the oligarchs that are trying to redo society the church must come out and say enough is enough we need to be the voice of reason to a society that is insane when you think about it the society is insane before this how many times they were talking about what 57 genders 47 genders whatever it was literally insanity you know gay so-called marriage guys living guys marrying guys and think they could have families abortion killing babies thinking that's a right that's somehow an essential service but the church is a non-essential service does anybody see a problem with that how is the church a non-essential service but slaughtering babies, and by the way, getting told you know, people care about our health. 
excuse me, I'm not listening to a doctor, quote unquote, basically in name only, that is for euthanasia and aborting babies and saying that he has our health in the best interest. I'm pulling the lever on that one. Now, could this be a chastisement from God? I'm not a prophet on that, as anybody else should say. I don't think the virus is the problem. It's exposing the leadership that's the virus. Our problem is leadership, not the flu. I mean, this thing, and if you look at the uh, report, uh, the interview that uh, uh, one of the guys, one of the subscribers uh, of the channel told me to check it out, which was a great interview by Dave Colin uh, with uh, one of the members, Joe, was it Wilson? Uh, yeah, from another Irish lad, but he's an author from First Things. They went into the numbers. They were all in on shutting things down and such, but now they're going, hey, oh, hit the brakes, you know, because they're over there. They can't even go out of the house in Ireland, Ireland, England, go out of the house for an hour or something for one exercise per person. I mean, we're talking you know, draconian stuff. I mean, let's make 1984 fiction again. And how many of your friends are turning into evangelists for the propaganda here? I mean, they just, they, they gave 10 tickets to people on the beach in Myrtle Beach for being at the beach. I mean, come on. Are we not to live? My entry thing for these shows, if you listen to this, you are the resistance. It comes from Terminator Salvation. In it, the second time he yells into the mic, he's talking about thinking cold, calculated, like machines. And it basically gets into his saying, if that's the way we are, then why even fight? So if we're supposed to be locked up in our cages, in jails, when they say lockdown, when you get that, it comes from the prison cells. They lock down the prison. You're technically a prisoner to the state right now. So if we're supposed to live this way, what is the point in life? Now, I'm not saying you know, kill yourself or anything like that. Not saying that at all. Is this how you want to live? Well, you're, you're not even living. You're worried in fear of everything. We got people, there's, you dial 311 in this city right now to call your, the rat on your friends. The rat on your neighbor because they're not obeying the mandate. Everywhere there was a there was a video of a drone flying over a park where people were just walking. Nobody's in sight, and the thing says not essential, not essential. A guy gets out, he's taking a photo or something of a, of a you know pretty sunset, not essential. This won't return to a normal. Trump was on talking about banning, uh, getting rid of handshakes in the future. As they said in the interview, will they will they have a jury for handshakes? Where the handshake police come in? Will you know, coffee shops, you know, not be able to have X number of people in because you have to have socially distance, you know, distance away from each other so you don't get the cold anymore. And who knows how many people have had this beforehand. We might have, this might be have a mortality percentage even lower because they have no idea when this started. There was a, there was an article about that by, uh, by Horowitz called When Did Corona, uh, Coronavirus Begin in U.S. and Why Does It Matter? It's on March 24, 2020. I'll read a couple things from it. It says, quote, as, Deborah, as Dr. Deborah Burks, the coordinator of Trump's coronavirus response task force, said yesterday of the spread of New York City, quote, clearly the virus had to have been circulating for a number of weeks in order to have this level of penetrance in the community, unquote. If some of the pneumonia cases and deaths earlier this year were from coronavirus, that would mean that the death rate is much lower than predicted. 
even the Diamond Princess cruise ship, which was the ultimate petri dish of recycled air circulation in in infection. By the way, planes are still flying. I was outside, three planes flew over in 15 minutes. If this was really that big of a deal, nobody would be flying in a plane. Go back to the story. Off topic, sorry. With an elderly population, experienced a 1.25 fatality rate. New York, which seems to be by far the worst hotspot now, has a mortality rate hovering between 0.75% and 0.80%. And is going down as they test more cases. That compares to 1.2% nationwide, which helps show that wherever we test and identify the virus, the numbers go way up, but the mortality goes down. According to Governor Andrew Cuomo, New York accounts for 25% of the nation's testing. That means if every other state tested a larger sample of those who actually have the virus, their death rates would likely be as low as New York's. This is what we are seeing in Germany, which tested more people than any other Western country but has a mortality rate of 0.3%, despite having almost a large, as large a proportion of seniors as Italy. Mortality rate of 0.75% would still be three times higher than H1N1, which is very serious, but does not does it warrant a nationwide shutdown indefinitely, with governors closing school for the remainder of the year and others, like Governor Cuomo, taking about this going on for nine months. Given the evidence in front of us on the mortality rate, the fact that so many more likely have it or were exposed to it, and the fact that the Asian countries are already getting over the worst of it, why would we continue destroying our economy without studying more data? Why pass bankrupting legislation presupposing such a long-term shutdown? Even in Italy, the virus is, is showing signs of peaking after four weeks. What about Italy? Why is the mortality rate so high? Some have suggested that it's due to the high elderly population. But that doesn't explain why the Diamond Princess had elderly mortality rates in line with the rest of the world. I don't have the answer for that, but a plausible theory has been offered by Professor Walter Riccardi, scientific advisor to Italy's Minister of Health, that Italy is overcounting deaths. Quote, on re-evaluation by the National Health Institute of Health, only 12% of death certificates have shown a direct causality from coronavirus, while 88% of patients who have died have at least one pre-morbidity Many had two or three, said Riccardi, according to the UK Telegraph. So we're just getting pumped fear by the media. Turn on TV, everyone's dying. They're telling people to turn on their neighbors. They're telling them to flatten the curve. They have no idea when the curve started, so but they're saying flatten the curve. So how you know when the curve, how to flatten the curve, you don't know when the curve started. It could be already going down. There's also evidence that if you say, if you keep people away from each other, then it just prolongs the situation. So let's get back to the church. And let me start out again by saying I do not think this is a hoax. I think it's a real thing. People are dying from it. A friend of mine's mom is on her deathbed right now from it. I believe it is happening. But seriously, do we have to shut down life again over this? Remember, there are 685,000 confirmed cases worldwide, global. 145,696 recovered there was i just saw it on the local news on my on the on the feeds my on the uh, facebook feed that they had the, this mother daughter in was it in, it was in Sacramento or charlotte somewhere nearby locally and they had and they, for all last week that's all they were showing us how terrible they were feeling how bad they were but they're okay now clean bill of health 
every day they were pounding in to stay away from them you know stay away from this stay away from this they were the poster people for this they're good well Dale Garcia is but nine, you, you got a high chance to recover I mean they, darn near almost 100% it's 98% Total deaths global, 32,137. Out of a population of 7 billion, it's 32,000 deaths. Let's look at the deaths, worldwide deaths from January 1st to March 25th, 2020. Deaths by coronavirus, you saw it, 32,000. <laughs> when this thing was made, it was 21,000. So take that. Deaths by seasonal flu, again, this was March 25th, 113,034 since January 1st to today. March 25th. Deaths by malaria, 228,000. Deaths by suicides, 250,000. Deaths by traffic fatalities, 313,000. Deaths by HIV AIDS, 390,000. Alcohol-related deaths, 581,000. Smoking, 1.1 million. Cancer, almost 2 million. Hunger, 2.3 million. Deaths by abortion, 9.9 million. This is from source, www.worldometers.info. And we're all losing our minds for 32,000, over 32,000 deaths. Yeah, yes, every death is important. We're all going to die. 32,000 close life down? Okay. Now uh, to the churches. Again, I'm not telling for disobedience. I'm just saying, hey, let's be the beacon of reason. The church needs to step up in this light because de Blasio just got done saying if he catches anybody in worship service, well, I'll just give you his own words. Let me play his words real quick. Everyone has been instructed that if they see worship services going uh, services going on, uh, they will go uh, to the officials of that congregation. They'll inform them they need to stop the services and disperse. If that does not happen, they will take additional action up to the point of uh, fines and potentially uh, closing the building permanently. So he's also doing five hundred dollar fines if you get if you violate his mandates. So I'll just read from the article from First Things: Churches are not essential service. Not many churches have gone from conducting masses as if nothing were amiss to holding no masses at all. As people crowd supermarkets and big box stores, churches are closed. In the Archdiocese, the newer Car uh, Cardinal Joseph Tobin has forbidden Catholics from entering their churches to pray. He has banned the sacraments of baptism and confession except in emergencies. Family members are not allowed to attend burials. Similar restrictions have been put in place elsewhere. In Chicago, Cardinal Blaise Shupich has decreed that priests may not perform emergency baptisms without permission, despite the fact that canon law gives every Catholic, even a layman, the right to baptize in case of emergency. You know, off, this is not in there, but you know why they, they used to teach nurses how to baptize in case the baby was dying. They, they were trained to do that. Back to the article. Cardinal Vincent Nichols, the Archbishop of Westminster, said, quote, It's not essential for people to travel to go to church in order to pray. We have to learn more and more that our prayer is rooted in our hearts and can be shared with our families. Back, uh, not quote, unquote. Judging by the response of many religious leaders, church is a non-essential service. We are capable of taking prudent measures to keep our supermarkets open, but not our churches. Coronavirus has shown what we value. This is the kicker in this article, I thought. In Pennsylvania... Beer distributors are deemed essential. 
in San Francisco, New York. He doesn't mention it, but I'll add Colorado. Cannabis dispensaries are essential. The rules vary by jurisdiction, but they all aim at one overriding goal, the preservation of physical health. Important as health is, things begin to look strange when it's valued above all else. In his discourse on Method Descartes announced the supreme modern value, quote, to the conservation of health, which is without doubt the primary good and the foundation of all other goods in his life, unquote. This absolute prioritization of physical health ran counter to Christian ethic, but it proved to be widely appealing. In due course, it became a hallmark of liberal societies. Without reading him, we are faithful to Descartes because we value health above all. We subordinate the spiritual to the temporal. A few men have noted the resulting absurdities. One is Giorgio Agenbin. I'll put this in the show notes. I'm sorry if I... Giorgio, if I butcher your last name, I apologize. Who, point, who pointedly observed, quote, The dead, our dead, do not have a right to a funeral and it is not clear what will happen to the bodies of our loved ones. Our neighbor has been canceled and it is curious that churches remain silent on the subject, unquote. I mentioned my friend's mom was dying or is dying down in Atlanta. It took him a while to find a priest to go to her to give last rites, to give... Uh, it's extreme unction. And then the hospital was giving them a hard time to get the priest in after they found a priest to go in. It's, I mean, it's, we're getting it from all sides. A similar critique has been offered by R.R. Reno, Reno, the editor of this magazine. He has argued that physical life and health are not the highest values, causing some to claim that he is not pro-life. Similar criticism are made of pro-lifers during the embryonic stem cell debate. Then, too, Catholics were seen as hypocrites who claimed to be pro-life while standing in the way of an urgent matter of public health. Then, too, they were seen as leaning too heavily on the distinction between directly killing and failing to prevent death. He fin- Skip a paragraph or two. Quote, unless religious leaders reopen the churches, they will appear to value earthly above eternal life. Like grocery stores, churches can be kept open in a manner consistent with public health. And again, you got the drive-up confessions with the priests and all this. We have it. Father, down, not too far from here, does it every day. Church is open every day. He says Mass every day. You're going to get the sacraments from him. There's other priests like that. Uh, he goes, just as priests serving under St. Charles Borromeo once held their fingers in flame after giving the Eucharist to the sick, priests today can use hand sanitizer before and after uh, administering the sacrament. So as many dioceses like, just, hey, we're done. We're quitting. And would we go over all the numbers? Why aren't we doing this for the seasonal flu then? Why aren't we doing this for everything else? If it's health of our bodies, and this is basically at the bottom this year, this is at the bottom, what are we going to do for everything else? Or in two weeks, if everything is okay and everyone's good, let's out of the house, and someone gets sick again, we cut up, we sh- stop, sh- we set up shop again, we close everything down. What, what's the deal? What we need to now again, I get it. Um, I'm not saying disobey again. And back in you know 1918, 1990, I did a podcast before on the Spanish flu, which killed way more people than this one is even thinking of doing. Yeah, closed down churches then. Denver closed up, the diocese Denver closed, and the bishop gave him permission to go do field masses. Recorded history says no one bothered to do it. Philadelphia closed. Uh, Here's an article, Influenza Pandemic and the Sisters. December is October 1st, 2018. 
The influenza pandemic of 1918-1919, also known as the Spanish flu. By the way, is that a racist comment because of the China? You know, I'm sorry, getting away. It's considered one of the worst epidemics in history. Between the spring of 1918 and the summer of 1919, an estimated 50 million deaths worldwide were attributed to the flu, 34 million more than the total casualties of World War I. In the United States, death has been estimated around 675,000 people, with Philadelphia being one of the hardest-hit cities between 13,000 and 16,000 flu-related deaths. Again, we're at 32,000 worldwide. On October 3rd, 1918, the Board of Health of the City of Philadelphia ordered the closure of all schools and expenditure services until further notice. The ban would remain in effect for most of October, being lifted once the flu ran its course on the 26th. Archbishop Dennis Doherty offered to, offered to use the archdiocese buildings as temporary hospitals and enlisted all priests, non-cloistered nuns, and the members of the Society of St. Vincent de Paul to aid the victims of the flu. The sisters of numerous religious orders across the city would play an indispensable role in fighting the flu. Throughout the course of the flu, over 2,000 nuns, about two-thirds of all sisters of the archdiocese, helped care for the sick, functioning many, mainly as nurses in hospitals across the city. The sisters of the Blessed Sacrament, for instance, were sent to the municipal hospital as well as acted in private nurses, going door-to-door -door in poor neighborhoods to find and care for the sick. The sisters who taught at St. Peter Claver School helped turn the building to an emergency hospital and served as nurses for the close of 50 patients who would be treated in the building. The sisters of the Third Order of St. Francis also were deeply involved in the fight against the flu as the sisters ran three hospitals, St. Agnes, St. Mary, St. Joseph, which saw together over 1,300 patients. Other religious orders that sent nurses to various hospitals across the city included Sisters of the Holy Child Jesus, Sister of the Immaculate Heart, Sister of St. Joseph, Sister of Mercy, and Sisters of Notre Dame de Memoir. Many sisters worked 12-hour shifts, with one stating that, quote, through this experience, I have learned to appreciate my vocation to the religious life more than ever before. Flu. Now again, 23 sisters died from the Spanish flu that killed 675,000 people in the, United, in the United States. 50 million in the world. This thing, is, this thing, 32,000 right now. And I just saw you know, North Carolina had their first death today and people are losing their minds. First death. They locked down, they locked down the state. Lockdown starts Monday on the state. Locked down most of the cities before that. Or counties and 311 you want to call in your neighbor close down all the parks close down all the all the places you can go and congregate they're mad if you're playing basketball can't play tennis or anything like that can't play sports but the abortion clinic's open and why haven't we heard anybody yelling about that if you want an outrage it's <laughs> they're still open how <laughs> everything else is churches are closed but the, the eugenics abortion clinics are open? Pray tell me how... Tell me how much sense does that make? Why? How? There's, where's the outrage? So, yeah, I get it. You know, back then, we closed up shop. 50 million people died in the world. 32,000 have died in this. This thing, as this was recorded, they only had a thing closed for three weeks. 50 million people died. 675,000, 23 nuns die. Notice that they had the nuns working and the priest telling, and the bishop telling the priest to do things and what we got today most. I mean, the priests are still doing their job in most, some dioceses. 
There ain't, there ain't no nuns doing anything. We don't have any more. It's the state now taking over. By the way, there was, a, there was an apt uh, uh, description that the one guy, uh, John Wilson, I'm sorry, one guy, <laughs> my apologies, mea culpa, brought up in the interview with Dave Cullen was the attack on fatherhood. Talking about how society's becoming a motherly society in the sense of, you know, put a kid on a helmet, wrap him in bubble tape, don't want him to get hurt, grab him, hug him, don't want him to ever get, you know, trouble or anything, versus dad who will, hey, how you want to teach a kid how to swim? Or throw him in the river, throw him in the lake, all right, swim. We're going to watch him, we're going to, you know, jump him in the pool, you know, throw him in, get him, get him to swim, teach him life, teach him the hard things, put him in through hard ways, the hard knocks, etc. We're getting out of that, everyone's turning into, let's put everybody in bubble tape. Make sure you make sure you have you know hand sanitizer every five seconds before you enter, enter the house. After you enter the house, sounds a lot like we used to do with holy water. I mean, there is a prayer to keep you know things away from you, keep you safe and sick and your bodily health and all that. But I, I digress because you know our overlords told us to get rid of water and we got rid of the holy water, which has a if you did the deal right, you got the the blessing as Father Z points out in his thing of bodily health. But we got rid of that. Atheists even pointed that out, calling that as, wait a sec, Catholics are getting rid of their, their shields. Atheists were talking about that. Do we, as, as, you know, what are we doing? Why are we listening to the state like we are? We should be telling the state what to be doing. Now, I know I'm just some guy in North Carolina that has a YouTube channel now doing the podcast things, but. I know my opinion doesn't matter for squat, but if this gets somebody thinking and they have better influence, take it and run with it. It's your idea. Go for it. I don't care. We need the church to step up, take lead. Again, like I said before, this problem is a leadership problem on all levels. State, church, everything. It's a leadership problem. The one holy Catholic apostolic church that is commanded by God to convert all nations, that needs to take charge of this situation and lead the insane world back to sanity before we go absolutely into a pit that we're not going to get out of. And again, not essential versus essential. Abortion clinics are essential and remain open. Churches are non-essential and remain closed. Yeah, I like my liquor as much as anybody else. I mean, I'm a whiskey and bourbon guy. If you want to, you know, hey, I mean, obviously in moderation. How is that essential? But the church is not essential. If, like I said, if this thing was really doing what it was, these guys are acting like it's doing, the grocery stores would be closed. The liquor store would not be open. The weed place would not be open. Nothing would be open. Let me just give you a little bit idea for the the uh, fear mongering going on. I don't know how to pronounce the name. Fauci, the doctor that. The bum that's with Trump right now, who should be locked up and thrown in prison. Fauci projects 100,000 to 200,000 dead. But you get a crystal ball? Tea leaves? How do you make that projection? You're at 34,000 right now. And every scenario looks like it's going down. Italy told Trump's 10,000 despite long lockdown. Well, it shows that lockdown doesn't mean anything. But notice the overlords aren't locked down. You're locked down. They're still going out. There's no social distancing going on in any of the press conferences. They're right net armed around each other. Anybody get that? Hey, you know, Event 21 plush doll? You know, they got a, everyone that got went there got a plush doll, by the way. 
and Bill Gates is everywhere on TV. Florida state border checkpoints begin. Hospitals turn to snorkel masks. Farmers key to keep a nation fed. Virus hotspots grow in middle America. Rhode Island police hunt down New York's uh, seeking refuge. Armed vigilantes in Maine cut down tree to quarantine men from New Jersey. Man hosts party gets arrested. Uh, let's see. Field hospital set up in Central Park. Man in coronavirus quarantine runs into street naked and bites women to death. I'll finish with this. I just saw this from the world, uh, the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, because that's the bastion of conspiracy theories. I'm being sarcastic. Quote, coronavirus and autocrats never let a pandemic go to waste. Written today. No, yesterday. March 28th, I'm sorry, 9 a.m. With much of the world on lockdown, the coronavirus pandemic has chipped away at individual liberties everywhere. In more places, however, it is also being used as an excuse to weaken democratic institutions and oversight, an authoritarian slide that could endure once the current health emergency subsides. In Russia, President Vladimir Putin this month pushed through Parliament the removal of term limits, ensuring he could remain in power for life, just as the fear of the coronavirus has rendered public protests against these constitutional changes impossible. In Bolivia, the interim and unelected government has canceled presidential elections slated for May. In Hungary, Prime Minister Viktor Orban is moving ahead with legislation that would allow him to rule by decree and imprison people spreading, quote, falsehoods. In Israel, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's Likud party this week used the coronavirus crisis to prevent the opposition, which gained the majority of seats in the March 2 elections, from taking control of parliamentary proceedings, the gambit Thursday resulted in an op- in the opposition's breakup. Which part of it opting for the unity gov- for a unity government? A separate decision by the Israeli government to shut down courts also scuttled Mr. Netanyahu's corruption trial, which had been set to begin March 17th. To authoritarian-minded politicians worldwide, the coronavirus emergency is turning into a godsend. And said Katy Piri, a Hungarian-born Dutch member of the European Parliament. Quote, These people never let a good crisis to be wasted, she said. We have only been in the crisis for about 10 days, and we know that, unfortunately, this will not last weeks, but perhaps months. With an anxious public in already very polarized countries, anything can happen, unquote. Indeed, the gravity of the coronavirus pandemic, which just in the past two weeks killed several thousand people in Europe and the United States, has already generated unprecedented restrictions on fundamental liberties in much of the West. Following China's apparently successful example in containing the virus through shutting down public life, Italy and then other European nations, as well as state and local governments in the United States, in recent weeks banned citizens from leaving homes except for basic necessities. Countries such as South Korea and Israel have used intrusive surveillance and phone tracking technology to find and isolate suspected coronavirus carriers. End of freedom, went the banner headline in, Na- in London's Daily Telegraph when the United Kingdom became the latest European nation to go down on, go on lockdown earlier this week. There's evidence that they're going to use cell phones to track you already. Well, you're already getting tracked already on your cell phone. This ain't no conspiracy theory. It's already there. We have a sermon up from 15 years ago that I got about eight, ten years ago. It took me a while to do it. That talks about no confessions in the uh, 
confessional. Talk about taking out your batteries because it uses a mic. It was during the Clinton administration that they passed that bill. You, guess how easy it is to get your battery out in these phones? Not that easy. Another tra- it's a tracking device. You, you got your personal tracking device that you voluntarily buy and carry on you in your pocket at all times. They're going to use that. There's, a, there's an article about that talking about how it'll be able to read if you're next to somebody who has it that they're going to question you and check you out after you get off a plane. Obviously, that's future predicaments, but that was in articles that uh, I couldn't put out to you, but I can just put in the show notes or just watch the the call an interview because he posted on on screen for you to read why he does it. So I'm sorry this has gone 31 minutes. I thought I saw it. I'm looking at it, reading that. Uh, I just saw the Wall Street Journal thing as we're looking at this, but I read that church is non-essential and the potential for it to be looked at non-essential by the public, by pastor, by laity anyways. That can be a real thing. And like I told some friends of mine when this started, what's the real problem going to be from this is you're going to get people that are going to be used to not going to Mass anymore. Who knows how if they're even doing anything on you know, keeping the holy day holy. So they're going to get create a habit of not going to mass, not going to the sacraments. Yeah, there's a bunch of us that are yelling, that are wanting to go to confession and calling for it and ask, asking for them. We're, we're pretty much in the vast minority. So majority of the people aren't going to be going back, probably, be honest. Hopefully they will. Pray for them to maybe... Pray for them to, to keep the faith. The longer this goes on, the more of a habit of them not going. I mean, just think about it right now. Everyone, you know, we're doing live streams. That's awesome. I'm so glad the priests are doing it. That's amazing. We're getting more, you know, indulgences from Rome than we ever than we had before, uh, so that we can keep the faith and keep persevering. How many are going to get used to that? You can just sit on the, you know, sit on the chair and watch watch mass. Hopefully, you're not. It's going to get that way. It could get that way. Don't let it have the discipline, as we said before. They're going to have to have more discipline than you've ever had before. Study the faith. Pray for the priests. Pray for the bishops. Stand behind the bishops. Tell the bishops you got their back. And if they do anything, be there for them. Literally at their back. We're going to, who knows what's going to happen on this, but God, you know, if our bishop decides, hey, we're going to do this, you're darn right I'll be right there and if pray though you'll be there too but have their back no bat no bishop bashing no priest bashing yeah we know Dolan has canceled all public Cardinal Dolan has canceled all public mass in New York they're still doing private masses we know that what I said about Cardinal Shupich and Cardinal Tobin pray for them hopefully they'll change hopefully they'll, re, they'll, they'll reverse their ways Pray for all priests daily. They need it. We need it. They need it more than ever. There's a lot of good ones out there. Support them. Back them up. Give them an email. Shoot them all an email saying how much you appreciate them. That you're praying for them. You're thinking of them. I, I wrote a priest long ago. Told him, hey, you know, just letting you know that uh, thank you for all you've done. Just move to your di- do the diocese. Move to the parish. Just let you know every time you do a your communion. Uh, I'm saying a, the prayer of for priests, I posted up. By the way, I posted that on the uh, sensefidelium.us website. I pray that every time I got it memorized, so that every time we do a communion, I might not know the priest's name, but I just say Father up there. Do that for all priests. 
even if one that perturbs you. God said, our Lord says, pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Even if you think your enemy is the priest or cardinal or bishop, pray for them. Pray for, pray for yourself to not to have that that spirit of anger in you built up, disobedience, etc. Disobedience is not a Catholic virtue, by the way. There was a sermon a father did talking about how the church will rise above and be glorious to reign over the world again. Pray for that to happen. This, I mean, who knows? This could be an opportunity for that. We need the church to stand up, to be that voice of reason in an otherwise unreasonable world, society. Say Hail Mary for me, please. As Blessed Pierre Giorgio says, Say Hail Mary for me and I'll be eternally grateful. May God love you and the Virgin protect us. This is Steve Cunningham, the Sense of Fidelum.us. God love you.